trong tập cộng السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستهديه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فهو المهتد ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله بلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح الأمة وكشف الغمة وجاهد في الله حق جهاده وتركنا على المحجة البيضاء ليلها كنهارها لا يزيغ عنها إلا هالك فصلوات الله وسلامه عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن سار على نهجه مقتدى بسنتهم وهديهم إلى يوم الدين أما بعد My dear respected brothers and sisters السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته We are continuing our series of khutbah entitled Immigration and Integration Al-Hijra Wal-Indimaj And we are trying to cover in this series the most important or strategic work of our, of, of, of our Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and his companions over 10 years in the Medina. The work in integrating, the work in da'wah, the work in reform in all aspects of life, such as the moral, social, intellectual, educational, political, economic, uh, health, and even environment. And how the Prophet وسلم, 
he was interacting with all the different uh, groups in the Medina society while he balanced the uh, preservation of the Islamic identity, al-hifaz ala al-hawiyya al-islamiyya, and the citizenship, al-muwatana. We will try together, inshallah, to explore the most important lessons in the Hijra story and how to project these type of lessons in, into our reality over here in Canada in a creative, open-minded, and practical ways. And therefore, I will conclude, inshallah, the topic of each khutbah from that series, the immigration and integration, including this khutbah, with a set of lessons learned and recommendations and some of the suggested projects related to the subject of the khutbah, in a way to transfer these type of abandoned uh, sunnas, yani as sunan al-mahjura, uh, and lessons, to move it from the theoretical dimension to our practical reality over here. And please keep in mind that the projects that I will propose over here is just a draft, and it's a way from my side to initiate and encourage the creative and the practical uh, thinking process in you, my dear respected brothers and sisters. And in a way also to motivate you to work and participate and to present other initiatives. And I believe uh, that we have the sufficient resources to execute these type of ideas in, and, and projects, inshallah ta'ala, over here. Also, I highly recommend sharing whatever you hear, you're going to hear today with your families and your friends. Because this is one of the most efficient way to learn a specific subject by teaching it to the others. And that's what the Prophet sallallahu he told us in the hadith. بَلِّغُوا عَنِّي وَلَوْ آيَةً to activate that type of process, process of learning, not only teaching. And also from another concept, My dear respected brothers and sisters, I want you to know that what we are doing today is studying the seerah of the Prophet Muhammad through the series is a form of following his sunnah, the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad And that was his core advice to his companions before his death by a few days. When he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, إِنَّهُ مَنْ يَعَشْ مِنْكُمْ فَسَيَرَ اخْتِلَافًا كَثِيرًا فَعَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّةِ وَسُنَّةِ الْخُلَفَاءِ الرَّاشِدِينَ الْمَهْدِيِينَ مِنْ بَعْدِ رُدُّوا عَلَيْهَا بِالْنَوَاجِدِ The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, advising his companions, who, who, He who lives among you will see a lot of differences. So stick to my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly Khalifa guided. The first thing that it comes to our mind, subhanAllah, when I mention the word sunnah, the first come, it comes to all of our mind, including my mind, is the individual sunnah, sunnah al-fardiyyah, which is practiced by each one individually, such as the sunnah of ablution, al-wudu, sunnah of, of the prayers, uh, siyam, and, and fasting. But the sunnah over here that I mean, and also the series that it will cover, is another type of sunnah. We call it a sunnah al-jama'iyyah, the collective sunnah. The sunnah that will be performed by a group of people. The type of the sunnah that our Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he carried out with his companions, عليهم, such as the economic, social, political uh, projects that he did in the Medina. These type of collective sunnah will show the Muslim community identity, المجتمع, not just the Muslim individual identity. And believe me, the minute that we start to project and to, to practice this type of collective sunnah more and more, the da'wah to Islam 
will reactivate and flourish over here in Canada. Because we will start to produce a living models of Islamic institutions in economics, in politics, in intellectual health, education, and environment. And we will show a live example to our sons and grandsons, and also to the Canadian society about what we mean when we say Islam is a way of life. My dear respected brothers and sisters, another point that I want to clarify before proceeding in my khutbah main topic today, which is about the mosque. This uh, point is more related to the environment that Prophet Sallallahu uh, immigrated to. When our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi and his companion migrated from Mecca to Medina, they migrated basically to a completely different environment. Even though that Medina is Arabic speaking, yani city, some specialists actually in the seerah, in the biography of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they counted more than 30 major differences between those two different communities, between Mecca and Medina, between those two societies, even that they speak Arabic. And inshallah, I will mention over here some of those examples just to give you an idea about the type of challenges that our Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and his companions, they, they were facing in that new environment. One of those differences that Mecca society is one mainstream religion, which is idolatry, al-Wathaniya, worshipping idols. They were strict and committed to that belief. More than 360 idols, they were surrounded around the Kaaba at that time. As for the Medina society, it was different. It was a multi-religion society where they have idolatry, al-Wathaniya, also the people of, of the book, Ahl al-Kitab, like the Jews and, 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 and the Nasara, al-Yahud and Nasara, the Jews and Christians. And also the people who worship, uh, don't, doesn't worship idols, we call them al-Mutahannifin, who followed Ibrahim alayhi salam. And some of the Muslims from Al-Ansar al-Muhajirin, and but at that time, the Prophet ﷺ, when he came to the Medina, the Muslims, they were minority. They were not majority. So it was a multi-religion. In terms of the city, city structure, Mecca was in a valley surrounded by mountains. And in, and in the middle of this valley is Al-Kaaba, and surrounded by all the homes around uh, Al-Kaaba. Where the Medina was more like a separate, distributed residential compounds more than 59 compounds, separated compounds. And some of those compounds were fortified, surrounded by walls, particularly the Jewish, Jewish tribes. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, except in a fortified villages or behind walls. And that type of distribution, it has its own يعني, security and social challenges that the Prophet وسلم, he has to face. As for the demographic at Tarkiba Sukaniya in Mecca, it has one culture, which is Al-Adnani society at that time, Mujtama Adnani, where if you go to Medina, it's a multi-ethnic and multi-culture. They have the Qahtani community, which was represented by Al-Ansar, Al-Awsand Al-Khazraj, the two tribes, and also the Muhajireen, this is another culture, coming from immigrant from Quraysh, and the Jewish tribe, Bani Qurayza, Bani Qaynuqa, and Bani Nadir, and beside the Christians who came from Asham and also from Persia. So it was a multi-ethnic and a multicultural. Mecca society was a patriarchal, يعني, male-dominant society, in which even the woman was not even allowed to enter Dar al-Nadwa. Dar al-Nadwa is, uh, is considered like the house of ruling and, and consultation. In contrast to Medina, 
the Medina society was matriarchal, يعني مجتمع أمومي, female society. What I mean by that, that the woman had a stronger and more يعني, active presence, even before Islam. Even the people of, of Al-Aws and Al-Khazraj, they were called by the, the, the name of their mother. Ya Bani Qayla, O Bani Qayla, not by the name of their father. Umar ibn al-Khattab, when he came to the Medina, he said, Umar ibn al-Khattab, he said, when we were in Mecca, we were overpowered by our woman. We, 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 we overpowered our woman. But when we migrated to Medina, our woman overpowered us. And subhanAllah, when Islam yani, came, the woman got more recognition, more respect, greater rights, and broader participation in the Medina. And this, we will cover it, inshallah, later in the seerah, uh, in the future khutbah, when we talk about the social dimension, uh, inshallah ta'ala. Mecca, for example, society was a diplomatic society. That means, yani, particularly in the foreign policy, they had few wars, and that gave the society a kind of you know, stability and uh, security. Therefore, the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, during his life in, in, in Mecca for 53 years, he didn't attend except one war, Harb al-Fujjah. Where in the Medina, it was a war society from the first degree. It lived through a series of wars between Al-Aws and Al-Khazraj and some of the narration between 120 years up to 140 years. A series of wars. The last war was called Harb al which basically destroyed everything from the two tribes, from Al-Aws and Al-Khazraj. This type of war yani, broke them and took most of their senior leaders. So when the Prophet ﷺ, he came to the Medina, actually the top three, only three senior leaders from, yani, leaders was exist at that time, which is only Ubay ibn Salul, Abu Utk, wa Abu Amr al-Rahib. The society of Mecca has cruelty and ruthlessness, where the society of the Medina were the people of tenderness and generosity, al-samaha wal-riqqa, muqabil al-qusw wal-ghilza. The society of Mecca was commercial, yani kanu tujjar, the society of the Medina, they were agriculture. Kanu Zurrah. The society of Mecca have few diseases. Where the society of the Medina, there were many diseases, especially the fever. It was known by the fever of the Medina. And if you recall, the father of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he died by the fever before his birth because he visited his uncles in, 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 in the Medina. Likewise, his mother, in some of the narrations, that in her way back, after she visited his, his, his uncles, she died when he was six years old. And the same thing happened to the Sahaba when they immigrated to the Medina, a lot of them, they got sick. Like Abu Bakr Siddiq, uh, Umar ibn Fuhira, wa Bilal al-Habashi. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless them all. All, I all what I mentioned over here gives us just a clear example about the Prophet وسلم, when he migrated to the Medina, he migrated to a multicultural society. He, he migrated to a multi-religion society and that has its own health, social, security, political, and economic challenges that he has to face and to solve. And now to our main khutbah topic. My dear respected brothers and sisters, when a president or minister or a manager becomes a, as a leader, we usually pay close attention to the first, yani to, to, uh, to the leader's priority and achievement, especially in the first 100 days. They count the 100 days of his leadership. Because it's a critical period where uh, this critical period, basically, it will impact and frame and shape 
the leader's priorities, policies, and even the rate of accomplishments that he will do يعني, in the remaining of his leadership period. And when the Prophet وسلم, and, and this is why in this series, inshallah, the first maybe six or seven khutbah, you will see only we will cover the first 100 days what the Prophet وسلم, he did. So when we look at the first action that the Prophet وسلم, he did upon his arrival to the Medina, simply he was building the mosque, building the mosque. So the minute that the Prophet وسلم, he arrived to the borders of the Medina, he didn't go in, inside the Medina immediately. He stayed at the borders of the Medina and he stayed uh, over there immediately for, for uh, they said from four, week, four days, five days up to two weeks in some of the narrations. So he stayed over there for two weeks and he immediately founded Masjid Qiba. That was the first mosque, Masjid Qiba, Qiba Mosque. And he participated in laying the mosque bases and the companions also completed that Later, Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he used to يعني, visit Masjid Qiba in a regular basis on Saturdays. And also he urged all the companions to visit Masjid Qiba later by saying That whoever purify himself in his home and goes to Qiba Mosque and prays in it, he will get the reward of Umrah. And then after two weeks, the Prophet وسلم, he moved inside the Medina. And surprisingly, the, the second thing that he did over there was building a mosque. This, this repeated action, it gave us an indication the importance of the mosque and its role in the Muslim community. The mosque that the Prophet وسلم, he participated in building with his companions over 12, over 12 days, used a simple material such as stones, muds, uh, palm trunks, and even the ceiling of, of the mosque was from uh, palm leaves. And, and, and the, 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 the floor or the ground uh, was from sand, no carpets. The simplicity in, in, in the building of the Prophet Muhammad mosque gives us another indication to pay more attention to the mosque role and mission rather than the mosque decoration and structure. And for the record, the Prophet Muhammad he founded in his life more than 80 mosques, more than 80 mosques during his lifetime. For example, just in his way, in his battle uh, to Tabuk, with Tabuk, he put the bases of 12 mosques and each mosque has its own story. And when Umar Abdul Aziz, the fifth of the Khulafa, uh, on, on the, when he became a Khalifa on the 99th of the Hijrah, he followed all the places of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, that he prayed at and he renovated and rebuilt the mosques over there. So the mosque in Islam is a place of worship and it should be the first work and project in any land that we have set foot on, simply because it's a project that it will announce the identity of the Muslim community on this land. Identity that links between the worship and work, that links between the world and the hereafter, al-dunya wal-akhirah that links between the individual work and the group and collective work. And therefore the companions, their first work in any land that they, they open or conquer or visit, even for trades, they will build a mosque in a way to announce the worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this specific land and to announce a new identity for a new community who just arrived. The companion, they learned from Prophet Muhammad وسلم, that the mosque has great roles Roles that goes beyond the five daily prayers that we shrink it to. 
The mosque at the time of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he used to consult his companions. The mosque of the Prophet. Also, it was a place where education and lessons were given. A place where the judiciary will held. A place where delegation were met. A place where culture dialogue even will happen, like the, the, the dialogue that happened between Bani Najjar, uh, the Christians from Bani Najjar, the delegation uh, of the Christians of Bani Najjar, and the Prophet Muhammad. A mosque also was a social shelter for the poor people. Ahl al-Suffa, they used to live inside the mosque. And even the art was practiced at the time of the Prophet Muhammad like the Abyssinians dance in their spears in the courtyard of the mosque. And Umm Aisha, at that time, she was looking from her rooms, from, from the window of her room behind the Prophet Muhammad and even she was resting her chin on his uh, shoulder watching them. Add to this, it was a starting point for economic even projects. And it becomes a clear when the Prophet ﷺ, at one day, he came out of Bab al-Salam from that mosque and he made a line in his, uh, in his foot, Qadamuhu Sharifa ﷺ, in the sand. And he said, this is where the market of the Muslims will start. Unfortunately, the mosque rules right now and nowadays reduced to be only يعني, practicing the daily five prayers. And we were influenced by the culture of the West where they separate the church from the other world daily activities. And what I understand from the actions of the Prophet ﷺ in that mosque over there from the seerah that I read, that the role of the mosque, that all, from the role of the mosque, that all the actions, whether it's a personal, international, economic, or political, their starting point is the mosque. In another meaning, these actions starting point should be initiated for the sake of Allah, and also controlled by everything that pleases Allah, and its reference is the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sunnah of his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa And this is what I call the Islamic reference point. Al-Marji'iyya al-Islamiyya. Ay anna a'mala Rasulina al-Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yajib an yakuna muntalakuha, yani ma nafahum min al-seerah wa mimma amilahu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fi dakhil al-masjid, anna a'malana yajib an yakuna jami' a'malina, yajib an yakuna muntalakuha the reference point that defines for us the halal and the ha what is halal what is haram in every aspect not only in the food and it controls us when we disagree or dispute uh, so that we don't يعني, do injustice or transcend نتعدى, on everyone on anyone's right even our close people. The mixed, unclear, and dissolved Islamic reference point is a major problem that we and our children and even our grandchildren face nowadays. And we need to act fast to restore it. Another angle from the story of building the Prophet Mosque, that it reminds us respecting and protecting the human rights, especially the weak among us. The orphans who owned the mosque land the Prophet ﷺ, he bought it from them. Even some of the Sahaba, they came and they said, okay, we'll give it for you uh, for a free. He said, no, I will buy it from them. So, يعني, he did not deprive them their right, or confiscated their ownership. 
That teaches that the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we observe in the mosque is supposed to teach us to observe the right of the people outside and inside the mosque, whether they are a Muslim or even non-Muslim. Also, the mosque is a symbol of teamwork and the source of gathering Muslims' hearts around it due to their daily meeting five times a day in the mosque, in the prayer. So we see them visiting their sick, helping their needy, and also uh, missing يعني, their absence. Anybody who got absent immediately, they will call him and they will start to search for him. So, and, and this was the most important characteristics of the Prophet ﷺ society. Their meeting on a daily basis in the mosque for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was the beginning, the beginning of meeting their hearts in most of their affairs. And, and this is where we learn that gathering the people and their hearts is one of the core elements that the Prophet of the Prophet وسلم, and also from the messages of the mosque uh, that we need to focus on. And I I'm, I'm got really surprised and shocked when I heard that building a mosque in, in a specific city, for example, was a source of division and fighting between the people. And this is completely opposite to the role and the message of the mosque that we know and the Prophet taught us about. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those people who restore the mosque role and those who gather the hearts of the Muslims around them and those who preserve Allah's right and, Allah's, and, and the rights of the people inside and outside the mosque and those who, uh, ref, whose reference is the fear of, uh, in, in all of their affairs is the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sunnah of his messenger. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man walahu wa man sara ala nahjihi muqtada bi sunnatihi wa adihim ila yawm al-dini amma ba'd. My dear respected brothers and sisters, as I promised, I will conclude the topic of my khutbah today with a set of lessons learned and recommendations and some of the projects that related to our khutbah over here. To trying to, to make it a practical over here. And uh, it comes to my mind, five major points and lessons over here. The first lesson that the mosque should focus on faith and Islamic lessons, which links the people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and baramij iman especially programs that related to the Quran and the Sunnah and the Seerah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a way to strengthen the reference point that we talked about to the Quran and the Sunnah in us and in our children and grandchildren. These type of programs are very important here in Canada and the mosque should focus on these type of programs and to present them consistently and also in a creative and practical way to our kids and to ourselves. Even in the pandemic like the corona, these type of programs should be conducted through Zoom, through Snapchat, YouTube. And mashallah over here, they have a YouTube channels that even they, they record all, 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 all these type of uh, yani, uh, lessons. And should be in, in, in different languages like Arabic, English, and French. Um, and the, the mosque also to record the khutbah, workshops, and, and lessons in, in their archive. The second important point is paying close attention to the khutbah quality. The, we have يعني, around 52 khutbah during the whole year, 52 weeks, 52 khutbah. And in most of the mosques, they have two to four khutbah in some of the times, in each Friday. And as we know that a khutbah is wajiba, it's a must. And it's a condition that to have a correct jum'ah, you have to have a khutbah. 
That type of wujub, that type of duty that put it on each one of you to come on time and also to attend and to listen and to focus. It should put also the same amount of responsibility on the khatib to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yattaqillah, and to prepare well for that khutbah as a sign, to as a, as a sign of respect for, to the duty that he has and also to the listeners that they attend. And we should treat the khutbah as an occasion to give advice, to give a strategic guidance, and also to connect people to Allah and motivate them to work and share and not just to fill an empty spot from the time. The mosque also has an essential role in Islamic community. The third point, that the, the mosque has an essential role in the Islamic community identity by taking initiatives for open houses. I highly recommend to do open houses systematically and periodically. And I recommend it to, it, to do it even in a quarterly, quarterly basis. We open our doors to the Canadian society to learn more about the real Islam and to remove that type of distorted stereotype image that they have from, from, from the media, uh, the biased media. Uh, activity based on initiatives, based on consistency in the work rather than being momentary and based on reactions like we don't need another September 11 to happen to do open houses or Islamophobia issues to, to, to do open houses. We shouldn't be reflective. We should be more initiatives in, in our work and to make it more consistent and more strategic plan. And I highly recommend in this project is to involve our new young generation by training them in how to present these type of images and answer also all the suspicions about Islam to the Canadian in a modern language that they can present actually better than us. And also in the background to have a group of scholars and sheikh that they will guide them, they will train them, and they will support them and give them the direction. Also, the fourth uh, project that I recommend over here, I urge the mosque also to participate in the Canadian society by donating for the poor, like the food banks, vaccination activities, if it's available over here or the, the size can uh, give that ability, the blood donation, elections. So this is one of the core messages of the mosque roles. And, the Canadian, and for the Canadian also society to see the mosque. Yani, and, and through it, they will see Islam as a beacon of giving, goodness, and positive interaction with the society. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward yani, the mosque management over here for their distinguished and original and creative role that they play here in the Canadian society. The fifth and the final uh, project that I yani, um, recommend is as we clarified earlier that the actual role of the mosque in, in the time of the Prophet Muhammad was starting was a starting point for the intellectual, social, economic, uh, political, health, and environmental work. The mosque here in Canada, it cannot carry, yani, out, it can carry actu actually out some of the uh, work like intellectual, education, and social work. While the rest of the work, we will, re we will be unable to do it under the roof over here of this uh, mosque due to the legal, and technical restrictions. And therefore, we must complete the mosque mission by establishing a separate external institutions, separate by building and license, but connected and completing the mosque mission. وَمِمَّنْ يَحْفَظُونَ حَقَّ اللَّهِ وَحَقَّ النَّاسِ دَاخِلَ وَخَارِجَ الْمَسْجِدِ وَمِمَّنْ مَرْجِعُهُمْ فِي كُلِّ أُمُورِهِمْ كِتَابَ اللَّهِ وَسُنَّةَ رَسُولَهِ إِنَّ اللَّهُ وَمَلَائِكَتَهُ يُصَلُّونَ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا صَلُّوا عَلَيْهِ وَسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِيمًا اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد 
اللهم اجعل اجتماعنا هذا اجتماعا مرحوما واجعل تفرقنا من بعده تفرقا معصوما ولا تجعل فينا ولا من بيننا شقيا ولا محروما اللهم اهدنا واهد بنا واجعلنا سببا لمن اهتدى اللهم اجعل خير اعمالنا اواخرها وخير اعمالنا خواتمها وخير ايامنا يوم لقائك اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونستعيذك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم إنا نسألك من الخير كله عاجله وآجله ما علمنا منه وما, نعم وما لم نعلم ونعوذ بك من الشر كله عاجله وآجله ما علمنا منه وما لم نعلم إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله العظيم يذكركم واشكروه على نعم يزدكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة الله أشهد أن محمد هو رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر لا سو حادوا بين الأقدام سدوا الخلف صلوا صلاة مودع الله أكبر بسم الله الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين نعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين واتل ما أوحي إليك من كتاب ربك لا مبدل لكلماته ولن تجد من دونه ملتحدا واصبر نفسك مع الذين يدعون ربهم بالغداة والعشي يريدون وجهه ولا تعد عيناك عنهم تريد زينة الحياة الدنيا ولا تطع من أغفلنا قلبه عن ذكرنا واتبع هواه وكان أمره فرطا الله سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين 
الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين واضرب لهم مثل الحياة الدنيا كما إن أنزلناه من السماء فاختلط به نبات الأرض فاختلط به نبات الأرض فأصبح هشيما تدروه الرياح وكان الله على كل شيء مقتدرا المال والبنون زينة الحياة الدنيا والباقيات الصالحات خير عند ربك ثوابا وخير أملا الله سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله استغفر الله